Welcome to the Tumbleweed Podcast, where we discuss an eclectic range of topics, including business, design, Texas culture, and everything in between. We're two teachers that turned a side hustle into a nationally known apparel brand, and now we work with some of the biggest names in Texas. We strive to never stop exploring and continue to draw inspiration from our adventures. So drift and explore or raise a glass. We're always ready to hang out and talk about the things that we love. So come roll with us as we drift and explore. Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever Tumbleweed podcast. My name is Sharon and I'm on the team here with Tumbleweed Textiles and today I am chatting with our owners, Brian Wysong and Jeb Matalich. I love getting to be a part of this company and I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear some behind the scenes today. Well, we're finally here. I think we've talked about a podcast for eight years. It's Maybe been a so. while. <laughs> and so, uh, and we're excited to have you, Sharon. Uh, Sharon came on our team not too long ago and oversees our customer service and helps with account management and different areas of our company. And there might not be a more eloquent speaker on our team than Sharon, so no uh, better person to have asking us questions and helping guide us through this first podcast. Yeah, she's our first line of defense anyway, you know, when uh, people email us about uh you know, ripping the shirt or something happened with an order, you know, so she could probably handle this, I think. Right. <laughs> so most of y'all probably love her because she takes care of all the problems and uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. So. Well, I love getting to be here. You guys are great to work for. So. Well, <clears throat> I also want to give a little shout out to uh, the studio that we're in. Actually, our Frisco flagship store that opened uh, just not about a year ago. It was in October of 2020. Okay. So uh, right next door to us, we have... The amazing La Finca Coffee, which is fueling my day today, but also Maker's Gym. Uh, the wonderful studio, uh, little workspace that we spend a lot of time at, uh, but also are able to record this podcast. So shout out to Terrence, Tori, and the whole uh, Maker's Gym crew for allowing us to utilize the space today and hopefully all of our future podcasts. Yeah, this is a really nice it's like being like in a mission control or something in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. It's crazy. Um you know, just seeing the people that utilize the space has been fun. I think who just walked out after we walked in? Oh, uh, can I say it? I think so. Is dude perfect? It was pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm not uh, gonna lie. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, we can do some <laughs> trick shots with them later. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, why we're here today. Obviously, this is something different than what we've ever done before. Um, so, can you kind of tell us? what the plan is for this and kind of moving forward your hope with having a podcast. Yeah, I think the the whole reason that we want to have a podcast is just to kind of share some of our stories, some of our the things that we've learned, you know, running this business, uh, some of the things that we've learned uh, on our travels. Um, just some, of, you know, just a, we have a lot to talk about. I think you could, I think we can both um, agree to that. Um, there's a lot of topics that, that we find very interesting. We feel like, you know, there might be some people out there that, that want to kind of hear what we have to say and uh, just kind of how, you know, business, art, uh, music, uh, food, all, we're gonna, we're, there's no, no uh, subject that's really off, off the limits, I guess. Right. And I think Jeb and I might downplay. We think, oh, our lives aren't that exciting. But it's amazing how many of our friends or customers or people might say, man, 
those y'all have some of the most incredible experiences from the bands that we listen to, concerts we go to, the travels that we get to have. And it's taken us eight years to finally realize we, we've accumulated so many stories and so many amazing experiences through business, art, design, um, just adventures at craft beer, uh, restaurants that we eat, travels that we go to, that it's time to kind of share those stories and allow people to kind of see the inside of Tumbleweed Textiles and who we are, what we do, but most importantly, that we're authentic. Everything we promote in our uh, models, our photos, our pictures, our website, our social media is really who we are and the things that we do and things that we love. And so we're pretty excited to talk about that. I think it'd be fun to kind of give some people just kind of some behind the scenes things. You know, I get to ask a lot of questions about, you know, how do we, how, how did you meet that person? How did, how did, how did this relationship come, come to be? Or then how'd you come up with this design? So I think this would just be a good outlet for that kind of stuff. As well. no, no doubt. So kind of random question, Jeb, since you mentioned that, who might be the most exciting person you've met through our 10 years of Tumbleweed Textiles? Oh, gosh. Probably a couple people. Um, of course, we've been able to meet Chet Garner, the day tripper. Uh, my wife and I were always a big fan of his shows, even before, you know, we started the company there. So it was always kind of fun to, to actually meet Chet. And, I, you know, I would call him a friend now. You know, we've got to know him pretty well. And then, of course, Daniel Vaughn, uh, the barbecue uh, editor of Texas Monthly. He's a he's a good dude, and uh, we've got to you know cross paths with him and do some work with him for a while. So uh, I'd say those two guys were uh, were pretty cool uh, to get to meet uh, through our time at Tumbleweed. No doubt. I think, and you can't we can't deny it. Those two probably out of maybe three or four other people uh, are why we are where we're at today. The opportunity that they provided us and uh, Prophets of Smoke Meat or Chet allowing us to design his shirts, or you actually hand-drawn his shirt, or drew his shirts, but um, so much credit to them for allowing us to be uh, who we are today because of their influence of supporting us. Oh, for sure, definitely. I think I think they definitely steered the ship a little bit early on as far as kind of getting us uh, you know, down that path of Texas barbecue and, and getting involved with some of that, and then also just, you know, Texas and our Texas town shirt and how that all kind of tied in with uh, Chet and his trips. Cool. Well, kind of bringing this back to Sharon, why you're here, and that's to help moderate this conversation because, as we said, you're a customer service extraordinaire <laughs> and you handle the first line of defense. And there's been a line of questions that you probably get asked. You also uh, go to events and you work in our store and you hear people ask questions. And so I think you've accumulated some of those first few questions that we want to start our first podcast to kind of draw or create the uh, foundation of who we are and how we got started. So uh, some of these questions, I think we might know some of them we might (laughs) be surprised about, but uh, feel free to kind of help uh, lead the way with those top questions that people seem to ask or want to know about. Yeah, perfect. Well, I can tell you even based off of what y'all were just sharing, I think in my year or so that I've been here, I've gotten to hear a lot of cool and crazy stories of just things that y'all have gotten to see and do and experience. Um, but one of the coolest things I think about Tumbleweed is how it all began. And I think as we get to share that story um, with a lot of our customers at our Frisco flagship store, they're often surprised to hear about how all of this began. So I would love for you guys to just tell us how the idea of Tumbleweed Textiles was even born. Wow. I'll let you roll with that first. This could be like a novel. Um, yeah, so 
I'm a teacher. I'm a high school teacher. I teach art at Liberty High School. Um, and this is, I just wrapped up my 26th year, actually. So I've been, been at this for a while. But um, I guess it was about 11 years ago, um, maybe before that, maybe about 12 years ago, I met Brian. He was also a teacher at Liberty High School. Uh, he was the marketing teacher at the time. Uh, and I was the art teacher. And I think we were in some sort of kind of boring summer meeting thing that we had to be at. Um, and I was just sketching because that's kind of my thing. I always doodle. Uh, even back in high school and in college, I was always doodling on my notes and things. So we were taking notes or we had some handouts that we had. And I was just drawing little images of Texas and kind of going towards that. Um, uh, as an art teacher, I'm also a practicing artist. So I was always kind of painting and drawing and things like that. So in my doodles, I was always, it was always some sort of landscape or, or Texas themed kind of thing. And Brian, I guess, just happened to be sitting next to me at this meeting. Um, he kind of leaned over and he's like, what are you drawing? What's What's going on? Uh, with that. So um, that's kind of where he initially kind of saw, I think that's kind of where the light bulb went off, maybe. I don't know, I'll let you kind of speak to whether the light bulb went off or not. But I was just kind of doing my thing and doing some doodling and stuff. Um, he's like, that lo- that would look really cool on a shirt. I'm like, yeah, actually, you know, I've been thinking about doing t-shirts. I've been thinking about kind of taking some of my drawings and maybe putting them on uh, to t-shirts. Uh, and then just kind of hearing that from Brian kind of just, I don't know, what would you say? Just kind of kicked it off yeah. a little bit. I mean, kind of reinforced what I was thinking. Well, I think so. Uh, drawing a little bit of my background. So, prior to teaching, I uh, had worked at a marketing agency, and so while I was at the marketing agency, I had the wonderful opportunity of working with from pastors, uh, different companies, for profit, non profit, all throughout the United States, and I loved it. But I shifted from that career to education, mainly because, one, my wife and I had started a business, a photography business, and her, her, uh, her career was taken off. I mean, she was going to places like Puerto Rico, uh, Louisiana, California. She was going all over to do wedding photographies and different things like that. And so something had to give. Either she had to kind of give up on her career or I had to make a shift on my career because we were never seeing each other. And we knew we wanted to have kids one day, so something had to change. And I didn't love where I was at. I loved what I was doing. I didn't love where I was at in that time of my life because I had a desire to help people. I was actually at a local restaurant called Campisi's. It was at 121 uh, in the North Tollway uh, at the intersection of Plano and Frisco, And I was just talking to my brother-in-law about this life change and like, what do I do? And a gentleman overheard that conversation. He turned around. He's like, Roy, he was my brother-in-law's former coach. He's like, I'm actually the assistant athletic director in Frisco ISD. Do you want to be a soccer coach? And I was like, eh, I don't know. Because I was, I was told, I was always told you're going to be a teacher, but I always said I would never become a teacher. Fast forward to the point. I took a job as a soccer coach at a middle school, which led me to Liberty High School where I met Jeb. And fast forward to that moment is in that moment, I found a perfect opportunity to bring back that marketing experience, bring back that entrepreneurial experience with my wife, but also within the education setting. And so to me, it was almost like a perfect fit with his skill set as an artist and honestly, being the one that had the skill, I had no op- ability to draw or, or color or paint or do any uh, medium of that and then take that into a business. And so I almost felt like I was his agent. And I think that might, going to your question, I think that's almost what I said, I'll be your agent. 
Oh yeah, you were definitely jumping on the agent bandwagon back then for sure. Because I was, you know, as an artist, and I think a lot of artists fall in this category that they're not really thinking about the the money part of it. They're just kind of an artist just for fun, you know. And if I could sell a couple paintings here and there uh, and make a little bit of money, I thought that was great. And I was never really looking to like, you know, become rich uh, through my art. But I think you know Brian kind of opened my eyes to opportunities. Uh, that's why I think we're such a good uh, a good you know combination is because he kind of, you know, lit a fire under me uh, to, you know, and gave me, I guess, some confidence in my art that it could be something that could be marketed, be sold, and we could do something with that. And so, um, I mean, I guess we'll continue the story, you know, from there, we just kind of, we just kept the conversation going. I can't remember if we went to lunch afterwards and kept talking about that. And, and Brian was kind of showing and sharing some of his ideas about, you know, wanting to start another business, kind of getting back into the business world. Me always kind of being an entrepreneur at heart, but never really doing anything other than just, you know, selling some photography and things like that on Etsy. Uh, I think, you know, I was kind of looking for someone to kind of give me a push. I right. guess. Um, and I think in that same conversation, the idea is what are the things that we love? Right. And let me ask you, Sharon, I mean, through your your short stint at Tumbleweed, and hopefully it's a short stint that with many, many more years to come, <laughs> right? What What do you think are a few things that the way we live, what you see in Jeb and I, and Hillary, my wife, our team members, um, and how we genuinely live and how we spend our time, what would you say our, our passions are genuinely? Not what mm-hmm. we promote through the company, but what you see uh, authentically. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that has been one of the coolest things, too, about working here at Tumbleweed is seeing that really the core values of the company are true to the core values of you, too. Um, And that really, like, I sincerely mean that, that a lot of the things that I see in you guys that then flow into the company are, you know, character and integrity and, you know, a, a high value for family and faith and travel but you also love to have a good time and you love good food and good music and um, just this whole Texas lifestyle and culture of um, getting out and being able to explore and working hard at what you're doing, but also still valuing the things that are the most important. I love that you say that. And I <laughs> totally did not tell you I was going to ask you that question. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I promise. And I, I probably could have ruined our company with that because you might have said, oh, you like other things. But I'm glad you said that. And Jeb and I feel very confident that what you see is what you get with our brand. Totally. And that goes back to our first conversation when we were sitting in that classroom, when we probably went to a restaurant or a local bar to further that conversation is this. Yes, we might do T-shirts, but what is it going to be about? And it came back to one common thing. It was Texas, our passion for Texas, but not just Texas, but what makes makes up Texas culture and the Texana spirit is music. You got ACL South by Southwest. You have, I mean, you have amazing things going on in Texas that are, uh, have a world impact on the Texas music or on the music scene through the Texas spirit and you food and barbecue and tacos and craft beer, craft whiskey, the list goes on and on. And so I want to say Jeb made this comment was shirts are like walking billboards. (laughs) And what better thing to do is put on our design, his design, on a T-shirt that would be at every single restaurant for that photo opportunity or 
uh, at, a re- at a, a concert, the front of your shirt, and that living that experience so that we can then live out these experiences through the people that get to wear our designs at whatever they do for fun. So I'm not sure if you remember that, if I remember that correctly, but I do remember some sort of conversation along those lines. Well, yeah, I just remember being super excited about the the possibility of some of my artwork actually being on a shirt and then having someone wear it. So, you know, so we just took some of those original designs and um, kind of sat down. We we had a couple, you know, pretty good long powwows about like what, what we were, because once we kind of decided that we were going to do this, like we went all in, we were just kind of like, all right, we're going to, we're going to see what happens here. Uh, we're going to start small because we, you know, obviously we didn't know what the heck we were doing uh, with screen printing and things. And I believe that uh, there was a show here locally. There used to be a, an Irish pub called Lochran's, and they had a uh, they had an event. It was like called Oyster Fest. It was put on one by, by one of our friends, Matt Harbor, uh, at Wellhouse at the time. And so they had Rhett Miller come into play that night, and we were super excited because I'm a huge old 97s fan. So he was playing that night. But they had some guys that were out screen printing, T-shirts. If you remember that on the patio, mm-hmm. they were actually hand screen printing um, T-shirts, and they, uh, we were just like amazed. We were like watching them, and we we're asking all these questions about like what kind of shirts are they using, and oh, this is really cool. How do you do? Because I'd never really seen screen printing a lot, and so that kind of like really got us kind of fired up. Like, oh, we can take some of our drawings, we can get these guys to screen print them for us. This would be really cool. It couldn't be that expensive, <laughs> and uh, we can start selling them. So. Um, I just remember being super excited at the the idea of of getting it kicked off and, and getting it started. And um, yeah, so we just kind of we came up with our first design was the secede shirt. You know, we just it was like Texas and it had the word secede inside. Um, you know, so like you know Texas could leave the U.S. and become their own country. You know, like visions of that. And, you know how how glamorous that sounds and everything. So we thought that was kind of fun and cool. And there was a lot of people that kind of uh, agreed with that. And so we. Uh, we fired up our first round of shirts. I remember um, we kind of pooled together some money. I think I got $350 out of my savings account, and yeah. I think you did the same thing, and we had $700, and we, we went to that screen printer uh, in Denton. It was just some college kids that had just graduated, and they were screen printing in their garage, and we're like, hey, how much for 120 <laughs> shirts? You know, We want to do the same. We want to do this secede yeah. uh, design uh, on a T-shirt. Did you remember on our way back? I just remember that moment where we're, we're driving back. It's a it's a road in uh, Denton, which is just west of uh, where we're located in Frisco, 380, um, or north of Frisco. Anyways, it goes into Denton. And uh, do you remember on the way back what we did? Well, I remember we went to the screen printer, and they said, your order's ready. You know, we ordered them. We sent them the artwork and everything, and we got them on three different colors. And so we went to pick them up. We drove together <laughs> yeah. to go pick the shirts up. We were so excited. So we drove all the way to Denton. It's like a 45-minute drive. So we go there, and we, we get the boxes. We we're acting, playing really cool. They're like, here's your shirts. They're in the box. All right, cool. Thanks and everything. So we load them up. We didn't even open the box. So we weren't even – I don't know what we were thinking. We did not even open the box. We just put them in the back of, like, Brian's car, and we, like, just started driving off. Uh, and then we got about halfway back to Frisco, and we stopped at a gas station. I'm like, I really want to see what's in <laughs> yeah. those boxes. So let's take a look at the shirts. And so I think we pulled over, like, a – Shell station or something on 380 and pop those boxes open. I just remember just thinking it was just so cool. Like I was in there looking around, thinking people are thinking there's a deal going on or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Some shady. Yeah, but we, were, we were holding them up and looking at them. They're blown in the wind, but it was it was awesome. Yeah, I, that's and that's where it all got started. It's crazy, but as you said, you know, seven hundred dollar investment. We've never taken a penny since from any investor at this time. Um, we took back our money. Ever since then, just been conservative, reinvesting our finances, utilizing the talents of many of our friends uh, and, and 
relatives and people that we knew to help us get get things kicked off to fast forward 10 years, you know, we're at where we're at today. So it's sitting here talking about it's pretty incredible. Um, but there's no way, even though I was optimistic, I had a lot of faith, but there's no way anyone could have dreamed that we were, would be sitting here 10 years later doing a podcast with staff um, at, at our TWP Frisco flagship store. <laughs> uh, it's just incredible the journey that we've been on and hopefully will continue to do for a long time. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, those first that first round of shirt was obviously friends and family for the most part. You know, we do some Facebook posts and things like that trying to get people to, you know, and so if you do the math, we sold about a third of them, I guess, and we nearly got our investment back. And yeah. so then we had a couple other designs kind of in the works, and we just started reinvesting yeah. uh, that original $700 into a new design, 120 shirts of design, you know, 120 shirts of a new design, and then we'd sell a third of those, and we have our $700 back, and then we'd do another 120 shirts of another design, and we just kind of kept it rolling. Yeah. And then before you know it, we had five designs, ten designs, and then, yeah, yeah it got crazy. And I think – there's a local singer, uh, Zane Williams, uh, located in McKinney. And we actually want to say that was the first musician we ever did a shirt for, uh, I want to say. And you actually did his logo. Um, and Zane has a song now that's uh, Overnight Success. Right. And a lot of times people now, 10 years later, look at us like, oh, my goodness, Overnight Success. And they don't realize 10 years ago, even though this was a passion project for a little side hustle, some a little bit of money. We weren't doing it for the money. We were doing it out of passion. But there was a lot of strategic effort put in day one. And that was related to my history and his history of what, what we were. You know, And we wanted to be an example to our students. But also we wanted to share something really cool with our friends. So I don't know if you remember. You probably hated it. But I remember day one I was probably drawing like a target. Uh, and I was like, okay, these are the first people we're going to try to reach. And then the right. second kind of, you're probably like, come on, like what, this is too, like too much. Let's just have fun. But I was like, no, we're going to make this a business. And we didn't really create like a thorough business plan, but it was an immediate next steps. And what do we do? And so I created our little target at the core of it was like our family, our friends and our closest coworkers. And the next line was kind of like friends of friends or people we knew back uh, through Texas Tech, you know, the Texas Tech Alumni Association, just people associated with us in some fashion or way. And then beyond that was like neighbors and so on. And so we quickly hopped in and we created a little website that we could sell through. I don't know if you remember, we, we were like, how do we do this whole Facebook thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, Facebook group, what is that? I don't even think we did a group. I think it, I don't, page for sure. Yeah, page. And then Twitter. Like, yeah, there's why, why do that right now? But I think we still created one. Um, Instagram, I don't think was a thing quite yet. But we put all these assets together. And it was amazing how quickly the traction took, took place from our friends and our family. Because not only were we sharing something cool with them, we provide the quick opportunity for them to reshare with their friends. And I think that is almost like the catalyst to our success was truly how we utilize social media how we utilize our online presence, um, how I, the little basic understanding I had of search engine optimization and keywords and tying that into the meta tags of our website. I don't know if you remember those early conversations, but that, the marketing efforts, and then of course with him, making sure the shirts were being drawn, but then also he was always going to concerts and taking pictures. 
so we had the creative assets through him and then my wife doing photography. Um, I think that's, we talked about our business and how we got to where we're at. That's, that was the foundation of the branding and the marketing aspect of, of that. Um, so it's kind of fun looking back thinking like we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We were faking it till we were making it, but it really was the, the catalyst to where we're at today in that early marketing and the design of what we do. Yeah. I think Brian, that's where he really helped me out or at least opened my eyes to things. Cause he was getting pretty serious about stuff. I mean, every time we'd have a meeting, I mean, he'd go like three or four hours and he was drawing all these charts and <laughs> labeling all this, labeling all this stuff. And I had never really seen that side of him before, you know, cause we were just, you know, colleagues and things at, at Liberty, but uh, to kind of see his business mind get, get really excited about things and start charting and making lists and flow charts and graphs. And I was like, Whoa, this dude is like getting serious here. I just wanted to sell a few shirts and, uh, <laughs> All that stuff, but I think we both agree. Like there was a, there was a, you know, usually when you start a business, there's some sort of problem you're trying to solve. And I think along with all this, we really saw an opportunity just because there weren't a lot of like interesting Texas T-shirts. I didn't think out there. I mean, you could go to you know the store in the airport uh, or the store in the mall, and it's going to be those really heavy cotton shirts that are kind of like sandpaper, and then the designs weren't really all that fun or interesting or unique. And so I think that's kind of where we truly got excited about it because we searched high and low for a shirt that was soft that people wanted to wear. And then the design was something unique and creative. And so I think with that element missing in in the market and then Brian's just kind of uh, drive to kind of push me and and really kind of get me on board with kind of thinking about this could really be something. I think that's kind of like the catalyst that really got it kicked off in that first couple of years, you know, we really thought that, Hey, you know, if we can get a head start on some of this stuff, I mean, we'll be in a good spot. Yeah. Well, Sharon, we left you hanging over there a little bit. <laughs> no, I think it's also interesting. And, um, again, in store and online, we have a ton of teachers that shop with us. And I think that is one of the things that they love the most about Tumbleweed is just where it all began. And like you guys are, living proof that you can do what you set your mind to, you know, that you were doing something totally different. And like you said, Jeb, this wasn't even necessarily what you imagined it would be. Like it has, it has grown so much beyond the initial, you know, the initial few shirts that you printed. Um, that is just wild. So I also know we get some questions about our name and, you know, there's some, sometimes people kind of mix it up. Is it, you know, Texas tumbleweeds or something like that. So how did you guys even come to Tumbleweed Textiles? Well, we love living a, a good life. So we, of course, met at a local bar restaurant in Frisco called Blue Goose. And Jeb will share, there, there's some sentimental value in that name that he'll share here in a moment. But uh, we're meeting at Blue Goose and eat some chips, queso, I'm sure, having... Um, I'm sure some beer, I don't know, who knows what, but we just sat there and he, he had his long, he, he says, I make lists. He makes his own list too. The I difference do. is, is like I drive it and he'll, he'll sometimes archive it. So I, I think you probably have a list of a million things still to this day. But I remember on that list, we went over, I had a list, he had a list. It was, yeah. They were, we were doing lists for like what to name it. That was the meet point of the meeting. Like right. we were meeting at Blue Goose, like we got to come up with a name for our company. So yeah. I, I had a, I had compiled a list and Brian had compiled a list. We hadn't seen each other's and we were going to and meet and talk about it. And I think the reason we had to come up with a name was we were wanting to open a bank account. 
and you had to have a company <laughs> right, name. Exactly. And so I was like, okay, we got to actually do a name. You and got to make it official. Got to make it official. And so I think we we had he had a list of names, you know, and a lot of his influence uh, ideas were uh, the Texas culture, Texas history, um, even West Texas based, uh, Texana, um, some of the Tex Mex. Um, canyons, things like that. And then I can't remember what I, I, my ideas were probably poor. I mean, it's probably like <laughs> cowboys or like basic names. But then I think we stopped to think, okay, what is the common denominator of why we're even here? Yeah. I mean, there's an the age difference, two different journeys to get to that spot. What is the connection? Uh, and I think we both came to West Texas. Right. We both graduated Texas Tech, two different years but had the same passions through our experiences, music and so on. And uh, that's when we came to the name Tumbleweed, right? And I think he, I can't remember who had the name, but also textiles. It had to be, is your idea. And of course, we're educators. And so I'll let you kind of share how you came up with the name textile. Well, it's just kind of a play on words. I mean, you know, text being from Texas. And, you know, usually when you spell uh, textiles, it's I-L-E-S, like a textile, like a material, but then texts with styles since we were doing fashion like you know, fashion i say uh, we were doing t-shirts at the time so i kind of thought that was kind of a fun play on the word textile uh, but it was like tex te- texas styles yeah so, yeah so i, I want to say we got to a point where like armadillo no tornado no mesa <laughs> no you know southwest no like great words and we, we I, and i think we said uh, one of these days we're gonna make those the collections of things mm. of, of our brand but we came down to Tumbleweed. We love the idea of it. And if you've ever driven to West Texas, like going to 84 or just roads that are heading west, you realize how powerful a tumbleweed is. You know, they, and they just go with the flow wherever the wind takes it. Uh, hence, drift and explore and our, our tagline. It's because as a brand, we love the idea that as we go and we move forward, we're going to strengthen. We're going to get stronger and bigger and better. And uh, But also go wherever... Uh, you know, God takes us, go wherever the world takes us. And, and then textiles, like, man, and so we like, what do we do? And we finally decided, let's just put them together. Right. Yeah. We both loved each word kind of individually. And then we just, we, we can't just call, call it textiles or we can't just call it tumbleweed. So we kind of decided to put it all together. Now, in hindsight, we might have shortened it, I guess. You know, we look <laughs> yeah. back sometimes, we're like, oh, crap, our name is so long. It stretches all the way across the T-shirt. You know, how are we going to fit this on there and stuff? But uh, we've made do, and I think it's it's been a pretty memorable name for most people to remember, even though they do screw it up a lot. <laughs> Texas Tumbleweed, I know what they're talking about. Texas so. Tumbleweed, Tumbleweed Texas, Texas Styles. Yeah. If you Google Tumbleweed, you're going to find us pretty high up on the yeah. list. So. I like to think so. Pretty easy to find. If you yeah. remember that one word, you're good. But there is two somewhat funny stories. In, in this, I think. And one is Jeb and I were at Mary Main Street, which was one of our first major events that we ever take part in uh, nine years ago or so and at the Frisco Square. And I just remember these two dudes on stilts <laughs> went walking by our red tent. And at that time, we didn't have enough money to invest in our own custom tent. So we just had a white tent with a banner that stretched across the 10 feet uh, front. And I just remember the guy walking, looking down, saying, Tumbleweed Textiles. That's a long name. They're not going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I wonder where he's at today. I don't know. He may (laughs) be at Carney somewhere. Yeah, maybe he is listening. 
And so we and then, made it. it and the other cool. part is our if you look at our amazing logo, the two cannons, which are amazing. And uh, one day we'll have to share that story, the background behind that. But people always ask, why is there a W in that logo? And uh, my, Hillary always says, my wife's like, you can't just say TT, you know. People <laughs> might make fun of us. So, um, But there's a lot of uh, resemblance to, to our color and our letters to a lot of our history as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Texas. Yeah, the T and the W, that's tumbleweed. So we just broke it up into two words, tumbleweed. Yeah. But it's really one word. But. And you got the Lone Star State with our, our star up top. And then the the two cannons. Uh, briefly, what, what's up with the cannons? Uh, they're kind of like the, to represent kind of the uh, the twin sisters, you know, at the Alamo. Something like that. Or maybe, you know, it could be like the come and take it cannon in Gonzales. <laughs> Something kind of revolutionary, I guess. Which goes, which goes back to Jeb was a Texas history teacher. Yeah. And that's the foundation of Yeah, taught Texas are. history for six years. I'm sorry. Clark Middle School. There you go. Shout out. <laughs> shout yeah. out to, shout out to the school. Cougars. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, I would also love to know if there's any musicians and brands that were kind of inspirational to y'all along the journey or throughout the process. Um, I know music is a big, a big part of y'all's lives. So anyone in particular that's noteworthy. I mean... I think a lot, well, a lot of my artwork, like even leading up to Tumbleweed, is was Western-ish, Southwestern, cactus, mesas, cap rocks, um, just old beer cans, bottles, neon signs, all that stuff was, was uh, material that I like to draw and also collect. Um, and so I think a lot of my artwork kind of focuses in on that. So when you think about those things, I think about an old crusty bar. I'm from the Hill Country. I'm from New Braunfels area. So those old uh, dance halls or ice houses and things, just kind of that vibe. Uh, one of our early shirts was the barbecue uh, design. And so um, using a neon sign. So I think any of the old musicians like, you know, or the the kind of the, I don't know, the guys from like the 70s and 80s, kind of like your Willie, your Jerry Jeff Walker, Waylon Jennings, all those kind of older guys that used to play those old honky-tonks in the Hill Country. Kind of that whole vibe with uh, the neon sign. But that barbecue shirt that we did kind of had an old neon sign vibe to it. Um, of course, I'm a big old 97s fan, and you start thinking about some of their lyrics and music and stuff. And they talk about West Texas. They talk about beer cans. They talk about um, dance halls. And so all that stuff kind of ties in, I think, into the, a lot of the artwork or at least the stuff that I'm interested in, in creating and drawing. Right. For sure. I think, again, it goes back to our ties of Texas Tech, West Texas, um, Hub City. I like to think of it kind of as a music city of Texas because you got so many musicians that are from Lubbock. You know, Buddy Holly, um, Pat Green, Corey Morrow, uh, or at least went to school at Texas Tech, right? Joe Ely. Joe Ely, Dalton Domino. Mac Davis. I mean, the list goes on and on. And um, I think when I was at Tech, Texas Tech, uh, I was there with Josh Abbott. Uh, and Josh Abbott band, and you were there with Pat Green was there, Corey Morrow, right? Doug Supernall. There you go. And so we, uh, you know, and then of course you got Flatland Calvary, and I mean the list goes on and on. Third Sword Cowboys was there when I was at at Tech, um, and through that time, I think we started re- realizing bands that he liked, I liked through those connections of West Texas. So I think kind of that West Texas red dirt music, uh, that genre. 
not just country, not just Texas country, but truly that red dirt Americana really played a huge role. And I remember probably our first three or so concerts that Jeb and I went to was a defining moment, I think, not just in the design, but in the direction of our branding and our marketing and how we did things. Um, and I think one of those was definitely our, um, it was Charlie, um, uh, Hanks, uh, Charlie Robinson, Charlie Robinson, um, which is actually the first country concert I had ever been to out in West Texas when he, he rolled up there and, and played a concert and you loved him. And I remember watching him at Hanks and we took our shirt and went up to him and he's like, do you want it? He's like, heck yeah. Yeah. He's a good dude. And so I got mistaken for him this weekend at Lake Tahoe. I was there. Really? Yeah. I had a uh, denim shirt on and I was sweating. I was at a birthday party and actually brought in a mechanical bull. Okay. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, I was really sweating and stuff and I had this denim shirt on and one of the dudes at the party was like, you look just like Charlie Robinson. I'm like, sweet dude. He's one of my favorites. So. You play it. You play it. Uh, did I play what? Th- did you know who the guy was? The friend? Oh, he, okay. No, he friend. wasn't a friend. I just met him at the party, but he okay. uh, he knew I wasn't Charlie Robinson. I think he was just giving me a hard time. Okay. But, it's all right. Yeah, Charlie's my boy. Could be worse. <laughs> like that. But yeah, for sure. Charlie, that was a fun concert at Hank's that night. And then I think the, one of the first con- concerts we went to uh, also was Foster the People uh, down at Deep Ellum. Or in, uh, House of Blues. House of Blues uh, with Hillary, my wife, which she was pregnant with our, our, ba- our daughter, Hannah. Um, and so that was more indie rock, alt rock. And I think... The other one is probably Edgefest um, that was in Frisco. And if you look at our, our, our background, it's not just country, not just Texas country. It's also just indie rock. And so it goes back to local music, local um, just underground vibe uh, that not only defines our art, as he mentioned and has talked about, as you can see in our art, but just the things that we love, the songs that you listen to in our store. Um, it's what we're about. And still to this day, um, things like Green Hall and uh, different music venues play a big role. And not only what we sell or what we do, but if you go to Instagram and look at tags, that's where people are wearing our shirts are at the very venues and places that we promote. And he that influenced his art through the that journey. Yeah. And as an artist, I mean, I really am. I don't get excited about drawing things that I'm not interested interested in i guess you could say so you know a lot of the things that you're talking about with the music and the old dance halls and the honky tonks and stuff that's like right down my alley so i love uh, trying to tie some sort of aspect of that into the artwork and i think early artists like during that time it was we were kind of on the cusp of that whole hand-drawn organic look so we i mean the timing for our company to start i think was just we're totally blessed with how that all started just because of the whole hand-drawn kind of roughed up textured look doesn't have to be perfect um, which falls right in line with my style. And so kind of taking some artists like John Contino and, and some of the guys that I was looking up to at the time that were doing a lot of cool hand lettering and things, uh, and then kind of putting, taking those as kind of inspiration and, and doing some things um, more Texas-centric, I guess, to fit our brand was, was a really neat thing. I'm sure. At the time. And it goes back, you mentioned music. It goes back to what I mentioned earlier about when we first started our company, we didn't just draw shirts. We didn't just print shirts. We didn't just create shirts. We didn't just send out shirts to people. As we created that foundation of a website and social media, and then we started promoting to our friends and our family. Um, he might not want to brag about it, but through his family's experiences, uh, 
He, I don't know if you remember day one is Cliff Kingsbury. Right. And, uh, and you, you could share your connection there in a second, but I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, which is a kind of a, a notable person if you're a Tex- Texas Tech Red Raider um, or maybe an Arizona Cardinal. But I remember him I, trying to send something to him. And then Josh Abbott, we sent something to him in, in the music world and Pat Green. And we started sending these things out. They would take a picture with it. They accepted free product, right? They took a picture of it and it all of a sudden snowballed to where people are like, oh, they're cool. Like those kind of people are wearing their product, uh, Baron Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, in my old days, I was a college pastor director, and Baron was one of the students in my ministry. He was a running back at Tech, ended up playing for Pittsburgh Steelers. And he wore our origami, uh, origami Texas and our shirts all the time. He's, he's now a great artist out there, uh, retired from NFL, is, is now a painter, painter and artist in, in Pittsburgh. And same thing. And that's how we gain traction and followers day one. And it goes back to sports, music, and the cool thing is we didn't try. We were just living our life. People just happened to be posting those pictures. But how, how did you know Kingsbury? Well, he's from New Braunfels, which is my uh, kind of my hometown. And then my, my dad uh, coached with his dad um, at New Braunfels High School. So they were – my dad and Coach Kingsbury are still really good friends. And so, um, yeah, I think we just got his address up at, at Tech at the athletic facility. We sent him some shirts, and he was you know, all on board. And I think he ended up giving a lot of them to the, the quarterback crew up there. So we had a lot of the quarterbacks at Tech wearing our stuff. So, yeah, I think another thing that, you know, to tag along with what Brian was saying, um, and we're – like I said, the timing you can't – I mean, the timing was perfect. I would hate to try to start a company right now, a T-shirt <laughs> company, because it would be so hard. Uh, but 11 years ago, I mean – social media influencers were just kind of a, becoming a thing. And, you know, we were handing these shirts off to people and they were posting it for free. I mean, now, you know, you give shirts to people and they're like, well, you know, what are you going to pay me, you know, to wear this and that kind of stuff. But, you know, everyone's real genuine and they love the product and they wore them and uh, it really did kind of help us, uh, you know, earn followers, you know, gain followers and kind of get a, a buzz going about our company. Right. When we got those shirts on those people. For sure, that was fun. Yeah. Well, it is wild to look back on the last you know, 10, 11 years and see for both of you guys, like as far as the business goes, what has taken off. And like you mentioned earlier, Brian, the team that you've added on, it's no longer just the two of you having to figure all these things out and work a million hours a week, even though you probably still do, you get to have a few more hands on deck to hopefully help with things. Um, But man, just looking ahead at the next 10 years, where do you see Tumbleweed going? Right. First, Jeb looks at me because I'm always the, the future thinker. I'll let Brian speak. He's the visionary. Well, here's the thing. You know, we just, in 35, 40 minutes or so, basically just talked about three years of our journey. Yeah. Um, and we, we only dabbled in it. There's so many other stories that we don't want to give it all in this one podcast. Then why have another podcast, right? <laughs> so you got to stay tuned to come back for more. But – Management to me is defined. Of course, I taught marketing, so like kind of my definition is knowing uh, one where you're at, and it's then it's knowing where you're wanting to go. You learn from your past, but then you build a bridge from where you are to where you want to go. Not to repeat what you've done that is wrong, but to continue to repeat on what's good, but then enhance what is great, uh, but then hopefully redefine or create new new opportunities. Right. And I say that because where are we now? And it might sound arrogant, but just kind of defining, you know, why do people even care what we say? And it's the credibility factor in the sense of, you know, 10 years has gone. 
Since then, we've served easily 2,000 retailers over the course of those 10 years. Uh, not 2,000 at once, but over the course of those 10 years. Uh, we've done custom work for different bands, such as Old 97, Zane Williams, Josh Abbott Band, Randy Rogers. The list goes on and on. Daniel Vaughn, Texas Monthly. Uh, we've worked with a little bit with custom work, such as Whataburger and Dr. Pepper. Um, and then also we've had the amazing, uh, I guess, recognition from uh, Inc. Inc. Magazine. You know, they recognize us as one of the fastest growing private companies in the whole United States. Uh, and then our city of Frisco has done a wonderful job of really rallying around us, uh, especially through the Frisco Chamber of Entrepreneurs of the Year, Small Business of the Year. And through those amazing things, uh, we've developed this credibility of, okay, who are those guys? What are they doing? Because literally, we still are living off of that $700. Uh, we are still authentically living out the life we want to live. As you mentioned, the mission is important to us. So faith and our pillars and our core values, we still live by that every day in the office. Um, so you ask the question, where do we want to go? Well, one is I want to continue maintaining that same uh, life that we want to live out, right? We want to continue being the authentic people that we are. And so what does 10 years look like from now? I have no clue. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue. But all I know is I want to continue doing things the right way continue giving back to people to the best of our ability and hopefully expand our brand beyond just t-shirts, which we've already dabbled in, but we might get into, you know, polos and different athletic gear, not performance athletic wear, but suburbia, uh, outfitter kind of thing, um, outfitting dads and suburban folks, um, that want to go hunting and fishing and hiking golfing and living a lifestyle, not just uh, out at, in the mountains or just at the bar, but even outside with mm -hmm. their friends and family. And so I think it's just growing and expanding what we're doing um, and then growing a team. My number one goal is to create a team that loves what they do, loves what they work for and who they serve, uh, not us, but the greater purpose of our company. And so that then we hopefully one day could be one of the best companies to work for in, in Texas, you know, that, that's my ultimate goal is to uh, focus on leadership, uh, education, uh, and then give back in whatever capacity that is. So long story. Uh, anything to add to that? No, man, you nailed it. Um, yeah, for sure. I, just, I think we just want to keep doing what we're doing, but then also expanding uh, into some other areas. You know, obviously there's some more interests, and I think there's a lot more uh, untapped opportunity uh, in the state and in this area. So I think we're going to Definitely look into that and, 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 and grow from there. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something like you wanted to sell the company for like $20 million or something. <laughs> now, if you're listening and you want to buy this for $20 mil, You'll listen. I'll give you my, I'll give you my just, just DM me on IG, there, all right? There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> just check in. But I do believe best is yet to come. Yeah. Um, and I'm real excited. Uh, I mean, there's many things we have planned. Don't want to share it right now on one podcast. But I think there's some really cool things coming down the pipeline that – uh, will be great for us as a team, but most importantly, important for our customers. They're going to enjoy it and love it. So, yeah, that's well, shoot, awesome. man. We're we're running. We're going long here, huh? Maybe <laughs> about time to wrap this up. Yep. Yeah, get me a drink here. Yeah, I think so. But man, I hope uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I hope that this has been helpful and insightful, and maybe um, shared again just some background stories that you might not know about tumbleweed and getting to know. Brian and Jeb, just a little bit better of 
Like, you're also just normal guys, you know? You're running this awesome company. We're real normal. I'm going to go home and wash dishes when I get home, I'm sure. <laughs> and I got a few diapers to change for my newborn. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Glamorous. Well, oh, yeah. thank you guys for taking the time yeah, to... Yeah, this was fun. Just do this. And I'm really excited about this podcast and uh, where it'll be heading next. I think we are, too. It's going to be good. Yeah. And thank you for helping uh, keep us on track and uh, asking the questions. Oh, so. yeah. Anytime. Well, adios. Right. Sweet. We'll talk to you guys next time.